If I was a believer, Publix would be my church. For my listeners not living in the southeastern United States, Publix is a grocery store. And if you've never been there, then I pity your poor, unfulfilled soul. From the friendly salutations when you first walk in, to the impressive variety of products, to that first bite of that mojo pork sub. The shopping cart is my pew. The succulent scent of the ever-turning rotisserie chickens is my incense. And the soft rock hits of the 70s and 80s, gently floating down from the ceiling speakers, are my choir. This is the kingdom and the power. Welcome to episode 4 of Your Parenting Podcast. I am Jeremy Bamford, your host. And I'll have several stories for you tonight, as well as a couple of listener-submitted stories. Um, and yes, I do love Publix, but uh, with anything wonderful in the world, uh, it's usually ruined by people. Um, a couple of the stories I'll share with you tonight will be about Publix. Uh, the first is from uh, a few years ago, when I thought that I love this store so much, let's see if I can get a part-time gig here for a little extra cash. Uh, plus, I worked there back in high school, so I thought maybe I could... You know, pad the bank accounts a little bit. So I first fill out the application in their little kiosk. And uh, after about a week, I get an interview. Real excited about it. The schedule looked like it was going to work well with my full-time job at the time. You know, I thought this would be a great opportunity. Make a little extra scratch, help out the family. And uh, the interview comes up. I show up with my best polo and khakis, two printed copies of my resume. I'm 15 minutes early. I got a good feeling. Manager comes out and shakes my hand. My grip is firm. My eye contact is good. And uh, right then, my stomach lets out a gurgle that lets me know I'm going to have diarrhea in the very near future. As we walk back to his office, I'm already starting to panic. My brain thankfully goes on autopilot and pretty much took over the interview. I mean, apparently I was asking and answering questions, saying everything right. I remember the guy had a big smile on his face. Yeah, seemed to be going well. Uh, But inside, you know, my internal self, I'm only concentrating on keeping my tiny ass cheeks clenched like I'm trying to squeeze a diamond out of a lump of coal. After an eternity, I can feel the tone of the interview wrapping up, and I feel like I'm almost free. But then, like a punishment for everything bad that I've ever done in my life, the manager stands up and says, let's go on a tour of the store. Please, sir, didn't you hear the first part of this podcast where I talked about how much I love Publix? I mean, I probably knew the store better than he did. But... You know, on the tour we went, had to go meet, you know, heads of different departments. You know, oh, here's this new product that we have here. These sales coming up. Yeah, it took me over to the bakery where I was the position I was applying for. I mean, every step was a fucking adventure. And it's like, I knew that if I sneezed or if I coughed, that was going to be it. It was going to be over. I was going to buckshot my shorts. 
never be able to come back here again. I was afraid that somebody even shook my hand too hard. That was going to be it. And somehow I, I made it through via the tour of this store. And maybe the manager just, you know, saw the, the meat sweats looking expression on my face or noticed that I was walking like I was carrying a quarter in my butt cheeks. But he finally lets me go with the, you know, thanks for coming, we'll call you. All right, thanks. And of course, you know, the bathroom couldn't be more far away. And thankfully I make it there before the floodgates open. And once I put ass to porcelain, I thought it was never going to stop. I mean, what the fuck did I eat? Someone else's diarrhea? I am not holding back at this point. Another customer comes in the door. I don't stop. I can't stop. I mean, I'm hanging on to the handicap bar and one foot is off the ground. Yeah, after several minutes of this, I don't even know what happened to the other person in the bathroom. He was probably fucking dead because I didn't hear him leave. I mean, this is like, you know, some weapons-grade awfulness. And then when it's finally over, I catch my breath, get cleaned up, and I'm hoping that the smell hasn't wafted out into the store. And right before I open the stall door, I hear the sink turn on. Hey, hey, the guy lived. Um, I open the door to apologize for any future therapy this guy might need, and I lock eyes with the manager who just fucking interviewed me. And I stand there horrified for a good couple of seconds before rushing out of the bathroom, mumbling something incoherent. And I'm sure I mentioned the words bowel and exorcism. Um, needless to say, I did not get a call back from that job. We'll let that one sink in a minute. My other public story isn't as traumatic. This one happened about six months ago when uh, Isaiah, my youngest loin fruit, was about seven months old. Yeah, I remember it was mid-afternoon on a weekend and Cynthia and the other two boys were swimming at grandma's house. So I take the baby with me to grab some stuff for dinner. The shopping, as always, was pleasant but uneventful. Uh, but it was the, uh, the checkout line is where this happened. It's where things went awry. Now, me and Cynthia have gotten used to compliments on our kids. I mean, our kids are cute. Most kids are. Every now and then you'll get a, a ripe one. But most kids are cute. Our kids, most of the time, thankfully, are well-behaved in public. Usually they're doing something cute. Grayson's an entertainer. He's always singing and dancing wherever we are. You know, he can't wait in line for more than a couple of minutes without you know, singing some silly song. You know, Logan's kind of the same. He's real curious about the world. Of, you know, and Isaiah's still... Now that he's just started walking. But in this story, he was still in his car seat. But, like my other kids, still has a... You know, super cute face, and he had a smile. I think he had one tooth, maybe two at this point. He was in the car seat in the shopping cart. And uh, an older couple comes up behind me. I'm about three people back from the cash register. And, uh, you know, Isaiah's facing me in the car seat, and the people that get in line behind me, and I think they're probably early 70s. 
And she says, oh, what a beautiful child. And I, you know, said something. Oh, thanks. You know, I helped create him. Haha. <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever I said. And then she, you know, kind of gazed at him for a second. And then she says, are you giving mom a break? And I hear this echo in my head as my anger starts to rise. Normally in these situations, Cynthia is there to throw the water on my fire. So I don't say anything stupid. But she wasn't there. And I'm just, I'm hearing this echo over and over my head. You giving mom a break? And right as she said it, her husband kind of gave her a sidelong glance as if to say, oh, you really stepped in it. <laughs> because maybe he saw the look on my face that I immediately became irritated. And it's just, I keep hearing what she said over and over again. You giving mom a break? Or echoing like a stupid movie. And I'm so sick of that shit. And I turn and I look her full in the face and I reply... Actually, I'm his father, not just a fucking babysitter. And I don't have to spend time with my kids. I get to spend time with my kids. And then she started backpedaling. Why did me not? And then her husband, to her credit, or to his credit, kind of grabbed her by the upper arm and started to lead her away. And I heard him say, oh, just shut up. So maybe this isn't the first time she's stuck her foot in her mouth. And I get it. They were old. And old people will be old people. And I understand it's a different generation and what was acceptable back in the 50s when she was probably raising her nine fucking kids as a stay-at-home mom while he worked 90 hours a week uphill in the snow. It's like you can... It was the woman's job to raise the kids. I get it. You know, just like we used to all ride horses to work every day. I understand that things change. I'm trying to be progressive. Yeah, I like to take part in my family's activities. Yeah, I don't want to, I don't think, I don't don't look at child raising as a woman's job. You know, obviously both parents, I think, need to be there. But it was super irritating. And it's just, uh, you know, I don't think some, some dads don't get enough credit. I understand there's, there's deadbeat dads. And I can't abide a deadbeat dad. I have no pity. You know, when it's like, I understand every family situation is different, but when you just refuse to have contact with your kids, you know, unless like they're on death row for serial killing people, you know, there's, there's usually never a reason to just never contact your kids. You know, and I think the best kind of unit that works for a family, you know, is two parents. And that's by no means a homophobic statement. If it's two dudes, two women, who cares? Two parents, you know, because it's, it's, you need that support to bounce off of each other. You know, it's hard for one person to do everything. There's a lot of shit that Cynthia handles that I don't want. I say all the time, she's the queen of the castle and I am fucking fine with it. She wants to do the budget, fine with me. I'll carry in the groceries and I'll squish the bugs. You know, it's like there's stuff that she's good at, stuff that I'm good at. And if either one of us had to take on all of that alone, it'd be a miserable situation. Now, maybe I'm just ranting a little bit. Because remembering that story about the old lady got me heated. But this was, you know, a few months ago. 
I'm over it now, and thankfully that happens very rarely. But uh, it does get irritating. And not to get credit, you know, to think that I'm some kind of, you know, babysitter just taking the kids out. And that seems to only happen with the kind of 65 and up crowd. You know, a couple of weeks ago I had the kids at the library. And uh, thankfully this was one of their days when they decided they were going to be very well behaved. So it made me look like an even better parent. But I didn't get any kind of weird looks. You know, here's the dad alone with these kids. You know, where's the mom at? You know, so I got this shit. You know, I know how to help them pick up movies and DVDs. It's not difficult. You know, it's like, and I like spending that time with them and doing that shit. And like, I wouldn't get any kind of looks from people my age. You know, from other men, it's just kind of that bro nod that I still don't understand. I think it's supposed to be a nod downward if you don't know the person, but you're acknowledging them, and then a nod upward if you do know the person. I don't know how it works. But either way, it's a, it seems to be the older generation that looks at men and, you know, with the kids is either weird or, you know, unusual. And then you know, it's like even going out to dinner. If I would have gone out to dinner with just one or two of my kids, or even all three of my kids, if it was just me, like I feel like the server would be up there you know, just looking around, you know, oh, where's mom at? Where's mom at? It's like, you know, mom's busy. You know, as much work that I put into this family, you know, Cynthia easily doubles that work. <laughs> so, it may sound sappy, but I can't give her enough credit for, you know, everything that we've, you know, done as a family. Definitely the, uh, the glue that holds us all together. I mean, it may be crazy glue, but it's still glue. Talking about being out to dinner reminded me of another restaurant story. And uh, thankfully, most of the time, my children are behaving in the restaurant. Sometimes it's, you know, hit or miss. Every now and then you'll get one of the kids that'll just be in a shitty mood. But, and this one uh, was, uh, I want to say a couple of years ago. I, want, I know Logan was still a baby, six, seven months. So Grayson was probably, you know, two, three years old. He's one of those weird kids that actually like broccoli. And he's always liked broccoli. Maybe he just likes the idea of eating a tiny little tree. But uh, you know, when we order our food, Grayson is insistent on getting a, a bowl of broccoli. And Logan's still a baby, so you know, we weren't as loud as we were in the, in the IHOP, you know, the previous episode. But we're just, you know, chit-chatting, having a good time. And you know, we're sitting in the booth. And uh, Logan's in his car seat next to Cynthia. Grayson wanted to sit in his own little high chair, so he's kind of on the outside of the booth. I had the giant diaper bag next to me. And then Grayson, he, we get the food. He wants to eat his broccoli first. And he decides real fast, instead of taking a bite, to take the whole little broccoli tree and stuff it in his mouth. And then he made that little... That hurgling kind of gag noise. And I heard the hoot. And real quick, I tried to put my hand under his chin. I figured he would just spit it out. Which he did a little bit. But apparently that, that little gag jump-started a vomit. And he decided to then just spray the entire table with this projectile from whatever he ate from lunch. I mean, like a sprinkler, just all the way across the hole, land on everything. He's covered in it. I'm covered in it. 
Um, so and then I have to pick up my crying child. You know, thankfully we had extra clothes. And uh, you know, run him to the bathroom, clean him up. I mean, it's all over the floor. They had to move us to another table. The manager and the server were on the floor just scrubbing his puke out of everything, out of the seats, out of the table. They moved our food over. And then, yeah, we get everything cleaned up. We're like, okay, let's just try to try to salvage this dinner. Yeah, I think we can we can definitely do that. I mean, I, uh, yeah, Cynthia, again, to her credit, was, you know, the rock in that situation. Because I started to freak out because I thought he was getting sick. Yeah, I was like, I don't know if the broccoli triggered some kind of allergic reaction. It's like, oh, is he going to choke now every time he eats it? You know, she was thankfully there to, to calm me down and calm Grayson down. Because I get kind of high strung. And then we sit, you know, we get to our new table. I go to take a bite of my food. And as soon as I take the bite, I realize I've just eaten vomit. And apparently, you know, all the food that we thought he missed, he had a big old glob of Atlanta right in my bowl. And oh, it was the lobster bake where it has the two lobster tails and the fucking potatoes and the onions and that porcelain thing that they put in the oven all at once. I mean, just thinking about it, I'm salivating. And it was so fucking good. But it was just you know, a big chunk of vomit in there. And then, of course, I ate it. But I was like, listen, we're already paying you know, expensive you know, price tag for all this food. We're obviously going to have to tip the, the waiter a good amount and then never fucking show up there again. <laughs> I think, and I think we've actually never eaten a red lobster since. Now that's a, you know, it's probably one of the worst instances. I mean, you know, I've had my kids fall asleep in the middle of eating and that kind of stuff, but that's usually the one that uh, brings back our little traumatic memories with the uh, the food there. Now we do have a couple of uh, listener submitted stories. Um, you can send any parenting tips or. You know, parenting hacks, I think is what they call them now, or anything like that, to uh, yourparentingpodcast at gmail.com. Um, just let me know if you don't want me to use names. I know, I'm never going to say last names. You know, usually I'll just do, you know, like first name or location, but if you, if, even if you don't want any names of children, adults, whatever, just let me know in the email. I'll put anonymous, I'll say whatever, just you know, to, to have the meat of the story. I don't want to, you know, just in case, you know, somebody gets, you know, somebody gets stalked on the internet and they figure out who it was. It's like, oh, you're the one that said the story about the thing. It's like, I don't want anybody to get in trouble. I just want to share all of our funny stories. We can have a good chuckle about it. The uh, first one uh, comes from Lisa in Punta Gorda. Um... Let me see, the story she wrote was, uh, Jack was about three years old, and a little girl at his daycare was picking on a friend of his. So he pulled his friend away from the little girl, looked him in the eye with a straight face, and said, fuck that bitch. (laughs) Not only was my three-year-old speaking my language, which I always thought I was careful to hide from him, but he used the term correctly. I was so proud and so ashamed at the same time. I'm telling you right there, that is the reaction that you're going to have with most of these stories, most of these experiences in your own family, is when they do something crazy like that, you're going to be proud and also mortified. 
That was definitely a great story. Uh, thankfully, I uh, thankfully my children don't curse too much. Um, I've gotten in trouble for it a few times. You know when they're misbehaving, and I'll, you know, I've told Grace one time, you know, stop it! I'm sick of that shit. And of course, he runs down the hall saying shit, 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 shit as loud as he can. Then I get in trouble. But that was a uh, that was definitely a funny one. <laughs> nice that he was looking out for his friend. Um, I'm glad that that teacher was able to to squash it a little bit before it gets out of hand. Um, I've definitely been in those situations. I remember once when we were in T-Mobile, you know, upgrading our phones or whatever we were doing. Um, it's real quiet in the store, even though there's a lot of people. And I remember Grayson real loud tells me, uh, Daddy, from now on, I'm going to call you Captain Wienerballs. And everybody had a good laugh. I was, I was pretty mortified as well. And I said, you know, please, you know, just don't say that. <laughs> Anything else. Just, you know, you shouldn't say that in public. He's like, well, how about Captain Buttcheeks? I said, I've, I guess that's better. I'm really not sure. But uh, thank you, Lisa, for that story. And the next one here is from... Let me figure out how to work all my technology here. Pretty soon I'll figure out some kind of fancy editing software so you don't have to hear me walking around and drinking water and background noise and all that shit. Which I found out. From the first episode, because I recorded it outside. And somebody said, oh, you can hear crickets in the background. I was like, because that's what a fucking comedian wants, is when he's telling jokes, is to hear actual goddamn crickets. But uh, anyway, uh, next story looks like a cluster of a couple of small little stories. Uh, these come from Jessica and Benita Springs. Let's see, she narrowed it down here. Um, I see her son, age two. At the height of potty training, he locked himself in the bathroom. Uh, terrifying, but not the worst part. Upon removing the doorknob and opening the lock, we discovered that he had sat in the toilet and, <laughs> and pulled the seat over his shoulders and was completely stuck. <laughs> this almost resulted in a 911 call, but we got him out after 30 minutes of lubing him up with dish soap. Good lord. The child stuck in the toilet story. Thankfully, we haven't had that one. Oh, man, that is hilarious. <laughs> I'm trying to picture now just a tiny child pulling the, the, the toilet seat over their shoulders like it's a turtleneck. Holy shit. <laughs> uh, same child, age three. Uh, we were at Chick-fil-A. Um, they had there at the for the giant playground for a different child's party. About an hour in, I hear a kid scream. Someone pooped in the tunnel up here. <laughs> the next thing I know, uh, my son comes down the slide with no pants on, followed by a huge brown streak. <laughs> the playground was shut down for the remainder of the party. Oh man, the pooping in public. I think anyone that has any kind of a, a small child. Um, is going to have that happen to them. Um, let's see, the last little part of this one. Um, the daughter, age nine, uh, my husband convinced her that the movie Independence Day was based on real events. <laughs> and the movie he said was a documentary. <laughs> um, flash forward to age 10, she did an entire school presentation on the said event, aliens and all. That is awesome. <laughs> 
Uh, some people say that uh, you shouldn't, I mean, I don't want to call that really a lie. It's more of a, a little trick, I guess. But uh, some parents feel bad about doing that kind of thing. I do not. Yeah, I once worked with someone that said, oh, I could never lie to my kids. They tell them about all the crap that's in our food and blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're going to traumatize these kids. And I had to tell her, I was like, listen, I lie to my children all the time. Every single day. No, son, they don't make batteries for that loud-ass toy anymore. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure, you can have cake for dinner tomorrow night. It's like, listen, if you tell the truth 100% of the time, you're going to have a lot of explaining to do to teachers and, and future job people and, and all that. But as far as the, uh, the pooping in public, <laughs> I remember once when I believe we weren't even, I don't think we were even pregnant with Logan. I think Grayson was still six or seven months. And uh, I remember we were going to Old Town, which is a kind of a tourist attraction for anyone not familiar with it. It's got, you know, a haunted house and a little roller coaster and, you know, shops with all kinds of overpriced shit. Um, we were meeting some of Cynthia's family up there and we had stopped, I think we stopped at the store, got a couple of shirts, I don't know. But, uh, and I remember when we got there and then, you know, it was a big cluster of us and some of her family was visiting from Chile and uh, they kind of went a store ahead of me or I went to the bathroom or something and and I walk into a store, and like as soon as I walk into the store, I said, man, it smells like shit in here. Oh, my God. And then I look, and they're picking Grayson up out of his stroller or whatever it was, and he is just completely covered in shit. He's covered in shit. Cynthia's covered in it. And it's so bad. People are holding their noses and walking away. I remember we had to you know, go get clothes out of the car, you know, wash him in the, uh, the public bathroom. I mean, it was in his socks. This poor kid had shit in his socks. But that's, uh, that's that 5% terrible thing of parroting that I was talking about. I mean, most of it is going to be awesome, but you are going to have situations like that. And that was where, unfortunately, I didn't know about those little envelope folds in the shoulders of all the onesies. So I'm sure we ended up smearing Grayson's own shit on his face trying to get his clothes off of him. But in regards to that Independence Day story, that is a classic. And I may use that to be inspired to do something like that for Grayson's school. Yeah, I don't, obviously don't want him to get in trouble for anything, but that would be a, a funny presentation. Especially because he has such a, a huge imagination, which he gets from me. But thankfully, we haven't had too many uh, shitting in public stories. Uh, usually, Logan is the one that has the, the tiny bladder. So we've learned to keep a handful of uh, empty water bottles with us in the car or the van. That way, if we need to pull over the side of the road and have him pee in it, because usually when he's telling you he has to go, it's at, like right as the emergency lights come on. And he's, you know, that's his way of telling you, you know, you have 30 seconds to get me to a bathroom where I'm just going to pee in my pants or just pee outside or wherever. So, I mean, thankfully that is a little easier for boys. They have just a, you know, empty water bottle they can pee in. I don't really know how people do it with girls. No idea. I wouldn't know how to, uh, to raise a girl.
it does uh, it is kind of nice having three boys I mean, especially when we found out a third one was going to be a boy it's like listen we already have all the boy shit but of course you know I get at least once a week and so does Cynthia when she goes out and we anyone that finds out that we have three boys the first thing they say are you gonna try for a girl it's like go fuck yourself why don't you try for the girl you know it's like we love our kids but we're tired you know, it's like, it's not like I don't like kids. You know, I tell people, you know, I'm not against the idea. It's like, I have room in my heart right now and I have room in my house. So, yeah, we, we're definitely happy with our, our party of five here. You know, with our crazy circus everywhere we go. But that is the podcast. Uh, thank you for joining me for episode four. Hopefully I've entertained all of you. Um, once again, I'll repeat and send any of your funny parenting stories, parenting tips, life hacks, whatever you want to call them. It's your parenting podcast, the gmail.com. I will get to every one of them. Uh, thank you very much for all your support, and I'll talk to you next week.